and welcome to Revengers Friends from Work on the Hopewell Valley Student Publications Network, where students come together to publish content to share with the world. The opinions expressed in this episode are my own. Please enjoy the show. You're listening to Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, with your host, Christina Zellin. In this episode of Revengers Friends from Work, the podcast, I will be discussing Spider-Man No Way Home. So if you have not seen the movie yet, please do not listen to this episode until you have. I do not want to be the person that spoils it for you. So overall, I love the movie. It was fantastic. I have no complaints about it. It was a masterpiece itself. Having all three Spider-Man come together and fight their respective villains in the same movie was absolutely amazing to watch. And seeing Doctor Strange take the role of the quote-unquote father figure for Peter was also nice to see, but it wasn't over the top. It was a nice balance of supporting him somewhat and being there for him, but not like overly protecting him and smothering him. It was a nice balance. And Peter's character development, well, I should say Tom's Peter's character development in this movie was absolutely astonishing. Seeing him realize that he's not going to be able to have everything he wants in life and be Spider-Man at the same time, it'll never work. He finally realized that in this movie and that he's going to have to make sacrifices for the greater good, even if it means sacrificing his happiness himself. So having Peter be morally conflicted with what to do with the villains was nice to watch because you see strange be like we have to send them back home this is putting the universe and the multiverse in danger if you let them stay here and try and change their fates strange is very much get to the point let's not have any issues let's it's a one and done deal let's just get them home and have it be done with because he doesn't want to deal with a whole another thanos like incident again he just kind of wants to one and done deal get it over with send them home be done with it but peter on the other hand he still has good morality in him. He doesn't want to just send them back to where they are just to die. He wants to try and fix them and get rid of their powers so that way they won't be a villain to Spider-Man anymore and that way they won't die. So he's trying any way possible to convince Strange, let let me help them, and then we can send them home. And Strange's like, don't, don't do that. You're only going to cause more problems. And that's what ended up happening. So now we see all the villains start to get conflicted with Peter. Like, well, what if we don't want to be fixed? We still want our powers. Like, we can't really strip that away from us. And Peter's like, I either strip you of your powers and send you home to live, or you have to keep them and you die. Your choice. So eventually some of them start to cave a little bit. And the other ones are like, I don't really know about this. You're kind of just a kid. Like, how do you know what you're doing? Peter's like, I'll I'll figure it out, you know, it'll it'll all be good. So they all they're like, all right, let's go, we'll try and we'll try this out. And some of them, like Electro and Green Goblin, aren't really buying this yet. They're kind of very skeptical of it. They're like, I don't think this is gonna work at all. I still really want my powers. I don't really care if I'm gonna be sent home to die. So eventually Max is kind of sort of won over, but Norman is not. That other half of him is saying, no, don't do this at all. You're going to make a big mistake. And while Peter was trying to help them all out, Otto was very reluctant to try and help. And Peter did actually help him. He helped him get his 
morality back because he was just kind of an angry old man that had these limbs attached to him. And once Peter helped fix the limbs to let him be in control of them, other than the limbs being in control of him, he was happier. Like he seemed more himself, which was good. And then Peter just stops dead in his tracks and he's just kind of walking around tuning everybody out because he sensed that something was wrong. And he sensed Norman change into the Green Goblin. And William Defoe was amazing in that scene. It's like, that's some neat trick, that sense of yours. It was so cool to hear him as the Green Goblin again. It was it was amazing. William Defoe should get an award for that acting. It was phenomenal. So now he knows that Norman has changed over to Green Goblin. And the rest of them are just kind of like, okay, we're getting out of here. Like, we're splitting. This is not really worth it anymore. So Peter and the Green Goblin just battle it out like it's a full scale they're they're smashing through floors they're throwing stuff at each other and norman green goblin looks like he's having a good time like he is smiling when peter's just letting them have it which i found a little disturbing but once again it's a great acting job on william defoe's part and aunt may unfortunately suffered the ultimate price during that fight and it was a great moment for peter to realize that was part of his character development in this movie. He realized that being Peter Parker and Spider-Man at the same time was never going to work out for him in a good way. He was going to have to make sacrifices, whether it was him himself or the people around him, that he was never really going to be happy while trying to be two people at the same time. And at first it was good. I really thought Aunt May was going to walk away from it. They, they both got up. They're like, okay, we're fine. We're fine. Let's just get out of here and then peter started saying he's like i feel like this is my fault he's like i shouldn't have tried to help them and that man's like no you should have that was the right thing to do you shouldn't like it was a good thing that you didn't listen to strange you did help somebody you ha- you helped otto that was i'm pretty sure at the time he was trying he was in the process of helping max because max is almost done with the battery recharging or taking the electric the electricity out of him. He was almost done with it, and then he took it off right before it was done. He helped Otto, and then he was trying to help Norman, and then that didn't work, and then they all escaped. But she was saying that it was good that you tried to help him. Oh, like, don't try and change your mind now that things have gone away. And then she said the quote, and she was the only one that said the quote properly. She finally said it. Everyone else always says, with great power... There is also great responsibility. Must also come great responsibility. But May finally said it right. With great power, there must also come great responsibility. So she's finally the one who said it accurately. And then that's when I knew that she was not fine. And she was, in fact, not fine. And it was really sad. And Tom Holland's acting with that was also phenomenal. He really just embraced the character of somebody losing another family member to them. And then this was it. This was like his last family member, possibly. He lost Uncle Ben. He lost Tony. He's lost so many people around him. And May was the only family that he had left. And now just to watch somebody come into your universe that you caused them to be in and have them murder your last family member, it's it's awful. But once again, it, it goes back to Peter's character development it all contributes to that so there was also some callbacks in that anime's death scene 
the infamous quote of Aunt May and Peter saying, it's, it's just me and you. Like, you can, you can talk to me about it. May said that to Peter in Spider-Man Homecoming, and now Peter said that to Aunt May now in No Way Home. Along with that scene, there was a lot of other really powerful and really emotional scenes. After Aunt May died, Peter went to him and MJ's spot. And he just kind of just sat there with his thoughts after seeing what John John and Jameson said about Spider-Man's menace. He destroys everything he touches. Look at what he did now. Somebody's dead because of him. And he's just sitting there in the rain, just staring at him, just saying this, just blasting this over to speakers so all of New York can hear. And now he's just sitting there without anybody. He's just completely and utterly alone. And then you finally see that Ned and MJ come and he just breaks down crying. And that's when I started crying in the theaters. It was just gut-wrenching to watch because you finally see is Peter at his most vulnerable state and he is just letting it all out surrounded by the like what he feels is the only two people that he has left is just Ned and MJ. And he feels like now they're starting to drift away from him because they're like associated with him because now that everybody knows that he's Spider-Man, he also knows that, oh, Peter Parker is Spider-Man. Who is Peter Parker friends with? Ned and MJ. So now he is starting to affect their lives as well as his. They're not getting into MIT because they're they're associated with him, which isn't fair to them. It's not fair to Peter, and it's not fair to Ned and MJ, and he feels bad about that now. And now he feels like they're the only two that he can rely on anymore because everyone else is gone. So while this movie did have a lot of powerful and emotional scenes, it also had some funny scenes. And it was good because that way it could break up the really sad and emotional scenes. And it also had some lightheartedness in there, which is what I really liked about this movie. It had a great balance with it. So some of my favorite funny scenes, of course, was when Andrew made his entrance and they're all just freaked out that he's here. And MJ was MJ was hysterical in that scene. She just throwing bread at him to see if he has spider sense. She's telling him to crawl around on the ceiling. He's like, crawl around? Mm, no. He goes, she goes, that's not enough. He goes, this is enough. He's like, how do I stick to the ceiling? And so that was just really funny. And then you see Toby come in and he's still his his dorky little self that he was all those years ago. He goes, I just walked through the store and the door just closed. Okay. So that was really nice to see them together. And then ha- like watching the three of them create all the cures for the villains that was also nice and they did the meme that was the most important thing if you don't know which meme i'm talking about i'm talking about the meme of the three spider-man all standing there and they're all pointing fingers at each other all confused who's who they did that not once but twice they did that once in the lab at school when they're all trying to figure out the cures for the villains did that again in the final fight scene when they're all trying to coordinate their plan another funny scene was Everyone was amazed at Toby of how he can just shoot webs out of his wrist and not need web shooters. They're like, how on earth can you do that? Like, this stuff just comes out of you? Like, it was kind of funny. It was also, I'm just realizing that now, it was also a callback to Civil War when the Falcon says that to Peter. It's like, there's this stuff coming out of you. Wow, I didn't even notice that till now. See what happens when you start talking about it? The funny scene where... Andrew is cracking Toby's back because Toby's talking about how he has a middle back problem, which is also reference to Toby's earlier movies, which I thought was funny that they brought it back now. And Andrew's like, how's it feel? Does it feel good? 
And Andrew's stance when he was doing that was the funniest thing. He looked like a starfish. Like he was just, his arms are all out. He's like, he had like a wide stance. He's like, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> so I thought it was great just to see the three, the three of them all coming together. And so they all realized that they were a mess and that they, they weren't coordinating anything at all. And they were losing. Because of course they're outnumbered and they've all they're all just kind of trying to do their own thing because that's what they're used to. They're they're not used to working together except for Tom's Peter and that's what he's saying. He's like I've he's like I've worked in a team before. I'm 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 not gonna brag, but I will. I'm in the Avengers. And so that was another funny thing. They're all like the Avengers. That's great. What is that? And he's like, Are you? Oh, is that a band? Are you in a band? And Tom's like, What? No, I'm not in a band. The Avengers is Earth's Mightiest Heroes. And then we see a little bit of Bully Maguire come out there and Toby's like, how is this helping? Like, why are you explaining this to us? Like, let's get back to the moment and focus. He goes, and Tom's like, all right, it doesn't matter. We just need to focus, trust our tingle, and coordinate our attacks. And then they do the meme again about planes. It's like, we'll take them out one by one. And then they've reassigned a number. It's like, all right, Peter one, Peter two, Peter three. And Andrew, when he says Peter three, starts like, he like throws his hands up. He's like, Peter three was the funniest thing ever. It was, it was so funny. I bursted out laughing when Andrew did that. And then we got to see the scene that everyone has been waiting for. The three of them all swinging together. They're swinging off each other's webs. And they each had their own individual landing poses. And they all landed in the order of which their movies came out. Toby's landed first, Andrew landed second, and Tom landed third. And it was a masterpiece. It, I got chills from it. It provided the same amount of chills, if not more, of like the portal scene in Endgame or when Cap lifted up Mjolnir. It provided that chill that I wanted in this movie and it delivered. It was fantastic. It was phenomenal. And all it really did was just make my love for Spider-Man grow more and also confirm that Marvel did edit Toby and Andrew out of the trailer. They were there. Toby was the one who went Lizard, I think. Yeah, Toby. It was Toby. So everyone who was sitting there studying that trailer trying to figure out what hit Lizard in the face, it was Toby. You guys are welcome. So now they all cured their villains and they're all talking to their respective villains, except for Tom. Toby's having this nice conversation with Doc Ock. Like, he actually sounds like he cares. He goes, how, how's, like, how have you been doing? You're so grown up. And he, he says the quote that he said in Spider-Man 2. He's like, I'm, I'm trying to do better. He said that in Spider-Man 2 when Doc Ock was saying, he's like, he also tells me that you're lazy. He goes, I'm trying to do better. And he says it, you know, again. So that's, it's a really nice touch to see that. And then you have Andrew talking to Max and he, like, takes off his mask and starts, like, talking to him, saying, like, hey, how you doing? And <laughs> Max says, I thought, he's like, I thought you were black. And he goes, and he goes, oh, I'm, I'm sorry. And Andrew felt bad. Like, he can't do anything about that. But he also hints, he's like, there's, he's like, there has to be a black Spider-Man out there somewhere, hinting to Miles Morales from Into the Spider-Verse. Which makes me think, maybe we're, one day we're going to get a live action Into the Spider-Verse. Now that would be something to see. So, while everyone's having their nice, heartfelt conversation, Tom and Norman are going at it like there's no tomorrow. They are now on the collapsed shield of the new Statue of Liberty, just battling it out. And this is another part of Tom's, I'm saying Thomas Peter, Peter's character development. He always had his morality. He always had it. He 
saved Vulture in Spider-Man Homecoming. He didn't want him to die. He felt bad, so we saved him. He's alive. Mysterio, he felt a little less bad about, but he still was going to keep him alive until a drone shot him. That's not his fault. He was going to keep him alive. Now, in this movie, he wanted to he wanted to kill Green Goblin. He didn't, he's like, you should have sent me back. He goes, he goes, no, I don't want to send you back now. I just want to kill you myself. And you just saw the pure hatred in his eyes. He just wanted to rip him apart. He was so furious about him killing Aunt May that he just wanted to let all his anger out on him. And you just see that. You just see him just absolutely just tear into him. He wants to take him out so bad. And then he he goes for the glider which we all know is a very fatal glider, as we saw in the first Spider-Man. That's what killed, or what kills, I guess in this time period, that's what kills Green Goblin, is his own glider. So now it's kind of poetic that Peter goes for his glider to kill him now. And now Toby and Andrew are looking at him like, uh, we should probably stop this. Like, this is getting out of hand. And Toby does. He catches the glider before Peter is able to stab Green Goblin. And he's kind of looking at him like, don't do this. This isn't, this is, this isn't us. We don't, we don't kill people out of hatred. We want to, but, but we don't. And so Tom finally kind of lets go, but then unfortunately, Green Goblin stabs Toby. And I was like, oh gosh, no, not Toby. I'm not going to kill off Toby, which they didn't. But it was once again good to see that their morality conflicts. They're trying to be nice. They're trying not to kill anybody. But in the end, it stabs you in the back, which is what we literally see. So... Back to Strange, who's now joined the party. He's trying to keep the multiverse from opening up, and he sees that the magic, I'm calling it the magic box, that kept out from happening had a goblin bomb in it, and of course it exploded. So now the multiverse is starting to open up, and we look into the sky, and we see all these silhouettes of people. And I've seen people online try to explain who it was. The only person I saw clear as Deus Mysterio. Now, I'm not a comic book person, so I'm sure there's at least 20-plus characters from comics that people could, could point out. Unfortunately, I cannot point any of them out. So, if you want to figure out who was in the sky, please look them up and let me know, because, unfortunately, I do not know. But it was cool just to see it, just see all these people across the multiverse kind of looking in our universe. And finally, in order for it to stop, in order for everything just not to just erupt in the chaos peter's like what if everybody just forgot about me in, in general and he's like he's like you already changed my spell like five times and strange like it was six which just makes me think that strange wanted to remember peter because when peter's doing it, he's like okay mj should know well also ned should know well also may should know and peter counted five times and strange tried to change it six times which makes me think that strange wanted to remember him or at least make him and the rest of Avengers remember him because that wouldn't that be bad if only just MJ remembered him and none of the other Avengers who helped fight by his side remembered him that would also be sad but Peter's like well if this is the only way then I guess I guess we have to do it because you know the fate of reality is at stake so if it means everybody just forgetting who I am then so be it so then we have this nice scene of the three of them all saying their goodbyes and he's just saying like thank you guys thank you so much for your help and they just get like this nice little hug and it was also funny because Andrew's like you're in so much pain aren't you goes yes I am <laughs> so it was kind of funny to see them still have a crack of humor even though one of them is sad and then we see this heartfelt goodbye between Ned MJ 
And Peter, we see we see Ned and Peter's handshake for the last time. That was really sad. I was I was already crying at this point, but that made me cry a little bit more. And then you see him and MJ. She's like, "Make me remember you again." He goes, "Well, he's like, it'll be like we never forgot each other. Just she's like, just help me come back to you." And then they have their final kiss, and it was also really sad. And then he finally says goodbye to Strange. He's like, "See you later, kid." And then he does it. So now nobody knows who he is, and he's going back to the donut shop that MJ works at, and he has a little speech written up. He's all he's all ready to go, and he's gonna try and reintroduce himself and make MJ fall in love again. And it's like they never forgot him. And he walks in there, and Ned's in there, and MJ's in there, and they're both celebrating that they got into MIT. And so Peter's kind of looking, and they're like, "Oh, that's that's cool. They they got in." All right, that's that's cool. Good for them. And so Peter's walks up to the counter. He's ready to talk to MJ. And he looks at her and he sees bandage on her forehead from the battle and from when she fell off the side of the building. Which, side note, that was also great to watch. I started tearing up because it was good closure for Andrew to have him not make the same mistake twice and actually catch her instead of trying to use his web. And it was good to watch. It was good to see him have that second, like, when I did it. I finally I finally caught her. And it was good because he asked if MJ was okay. And then she kind of looked at him like, are you okay? And he's just kind of, like, nodded. He was like, yeah, I, I'm fine. Because she doesn't know that's how he lost Gwen. Like, she was standing there saying when he said he lost Gwen. Nobody knew how he did it. So now it's kind of good. It's good that Andrew got that sort of closure and all of the Amazing Spider-Man fans got closer too, as well. So back to now MJ. So Peter sees MJ with a bandage on, and he kind of looks at her, and then all of a sudden he kind of puts it in his pocket. He's like, "Oh, I'll just, I'll just have a coffee." He does that for me. The reason for me why I did that is because he see it's a visual representation of the pain that he caused to MJ by her knowing that he's Spider-Man. You can literally see it. He goes, "Oh, I caused that." I caused her to have a cut in her forehead. That was my doing. And so now that she's no longer a part of that, she'll be safe. She'll be fine. No villains know who I am. No villains know that that she was my girlfriend or anything. She'll be safe now that she doesn't know me. That's what I think was going through his head. And that's why I think he didn't say anything to her. Because he doesn't want to put her at risk anymore. And he doesn't want to put Annette at risk anymore. So he just took his coffee and his left, and he left. And then you see he's in an apartment now, and once again he's he's starting fresh, completely alone. He had he literally has nobody anymore. The people that he did have in his life don't even know who he is. They forgot that he existed. Taylor Swift pun intended. And you just see him just start over with basically just a box, and you see him put down. And the Emperor from Star Wars, from the little Lego Death Star that him and Ned built, which I thought was really cute. You see him have the coffee cup from MJ's donut shop that she works at. And you see him with Aunt May's sewing machine. And he made a new suit, which is also sad because now you know that the Stark technology suit wouldn't recognize him because no one knows who he is. I have a hard time believing that since it's a robot but that's what people are coming up with. I just think it's a nice nod that he's using Aunt May's sewing machine just to make a new suit. 
but believe what you want. He's going back to a more comic book style red and bright blue colored suit. So that's good. And then he just, you just finally see him just go off and be Spider-Man again, completely anonymous. And you also had this really sad scene when he's visiting Aunt May's grave, which is also comic book accurate It's what it says on it. And you see Happy there. And for some crazy reason, I just thought, oh, Happy's going to talk to him about what it's like to go through loss. And it really, it's awful that Aunt May isn't here. I thought like he was going to provide some comfort. And then you hear the, how'd you know her? And I just completely, like my my face dropped because I completely forgot that Happy doesn't know who he was. And I, it was, it just made that scene 10 times more awful, not awful in like a bad way, but like emotionally awful for me. Cause here I thought Happy was going to give him a nice speech about stuff. And then he just forgot who he was and it was just awful. So now you have even Happy who loved Aunt May as much as Peter did say, Oh, how'd you know her? And he goes, Oh, I knew her through Spider-Man. He goes, Oh, that's nice. And it was just, really really sad to be watching but once again it opens the door for a lot of possibilities in the future and now a lot of fans are calling for an amazing spider-man 3 after andrew's performance in this movie which i would totally want it sounds like a great idea if andrew was given good writers who know what they're doing like they did in this movie it can be a really good movie andrew did so well in this movie it was phenomenal to watch him act in that and it was it was really good. He had a lot of funny lines. His his battle scenes were good. It was just nice. And I think he deserves a third movie now. Toby also did a great job. If they want to give Toby a fourth movie, go for it. I'm there for it. I'll watch it. I'll watch the movie. I pretty much watch anything Marvel puts out anymore because they have me wrapped around their finger. But besides the point, it was a really nice and touching movie. It made you laugh. It made you cry. And it made you question things in the future. It had a lot of callbacks to other movies and for older spider-man fans it was every they a lot of people have grown up watching spider-man it came out when they were like a kid they kept watching it they watched the amazing spider-man when it came out and now they're watching toms and then you just see it all come together now me who was born in 2005 i didn't really grow up with it because at least two of the movies already came out before i was even born so i basically just binged all five of the movies weeks before seeing this movie. So unlike the rest of the world, I didn't really get the same jaw-dropping experience. Now, I now don't get me wrong, I was shocked and surprised. I felt Andrew and Toby's pain. I did know what was going on. I just haven't been waiting years and years and years since my childhood to see it. So for the people who have been waiting years and years and years and have grown up with Spider-Man, I hope this is what you guys have wanted. From what I hear online, it is. And I hope you guys got some closure for this. And you feel better about your respective Spider-Mans. If you're a Toby fan, I'm, I hope you guys got some good laughs out of him again. If you're an Andrew fan, I hope you guys got some closure with the Gwen scenes. And I hope, you guys, I hope we get a third Spider-Man movie. And if you're a Tom fan, like I am, I hope you guys get can finally stop saying he's... Iron Boy Jr. and he finally broke away from Iron Man's shadow and he's finally his own superhero now and he's 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 going to make it on his own. That's all I got to say for this episode guys. I hope you enjoyed and I'll see you next time. Bye bye.